No cap, no cap. No cap, no cap. Right at my mouth. Kind of that right good? on your mouth. <laughs> Just a tip. I know. Are you, are you feeling ready? Sure. All right. Hi, hot mama. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for having me over. You're sitting in my cozy corner. I love your cozy corner. It's quite intimate. It's really- our knees are almost touching. <laughs> We're on our first real date, actually. Pretty much. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Everyone, I have Nicole Hayden here. And I know her from the art scene, but I'm really excited to all capitals know her um <laughs> as i play you know footsie with you under yes, the table as we're real cute together <laughs> what'd you do today um i worked doing touch-ups at a um construction site tell us a little bit more <laughs> um is it a home it is a home it is in an upper terrace behind buena vista park and I get called from construction companies to do faux finishing. So they had some knuckleheads put in some, you know, light fixtures improperly on some DeGournay wallpaper in the bathroom. So they needed some touch-ups on some aluminum leafed, very fancy wallpaper. And then um, there was some big nail holes and nicks that I had to fill and do some wood graining super fun (laughs) yeah they don't really give any fucks do they they really should they should but (laughs) I mean I am not a fancy painter like you but I do um uh, you know even when you're done with a scaffold or whatever it kind of sucks at the back end to have to go back and like be with the people taking down the scaffold you have to plug those holes and match it and like also you have to do it pretty fast because they don't give any fucks about what you're trying to do so I've had a lot of experience like flinging myself around like trying to do that but also on um yes projects on live builds on construction sites where you are are working at an indeterminate part of that build out and you know that there's things going after okay an example that I did in Alameda recently I was doing two different gym murals and they hadn't done the hardwood floor yet and so I mean the purpose of that was so I wouldn't have to worry so much about the flooring Mm -hmm. but I didn't expect them to give no shits about my mural when they went back to install so when I came out after that there was just gouges taken out of it and it was just like yeah it was a mess and I was like I mean good thing I hadn't finished yet because yeah and you're kind of beholden to the their schedule like it's kind of like a, it's going to start two months after they told you it would. And also, it's like, <laughs> if they need to do something that day, you're just like booted off the site. And you're oh, lowest man. man on the totem pole. No, scheduling such a nightmare. But I like that they're, you're the ringer. They call you emergency, <laughs> fancy wallpaper fix situation. The finisher. Fresh, mm-hmm. Another nickname is like fresh eyes. <laughs> I like it. I feel, mm, I feel like we're going to have to start you another Instagram. Even if it's just like pictures for us nerds just be like oh my god i can't believe they did that they're just the before and after so we can like revel in your i get so i it's not even my project i get so mad you know when i go in i have to touch up these things i'm like why why because you also knew what it took to get it in there i mean i have actually never wallpapered in my life but i I grew up in a home where wallpapering did happen and i remember the fights (laughs) 
I can remember it clearly. I'm sure wallpapering might have come a long way since then, but who knows? And I'm maybe not going to be the there. one. I Maybe not. <laughs> but it involves measuring and it, it involves like not girl math. It involves real math. <laughs> Therefore, I, I am not qualified. And I know this. <laughs> girl math. <laughs> do you, I don't know. Do you internet as, like in the same way that I do? There's something out there called boy math right now, which is like... Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm gonna. Boy math is saying 5'10 is six foot tall. Oh. Boy math. Um, I'm really embarrassed to tell you, but I, uh, when I do any kind of bids and, and need my measurements for square footage, I have a, a, a measuring tape with me. I don't know, like, I'm horrible with numbers, so I have to, like, take out the measure and be like, okay, this is seven foot nine is what? Like, I always have to figure out, um, to see it on a measuring tape. Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with that? I just feel like a knucklehead. You know? Oh. No, I feel like that's great and professional. Oh, sorry, everyone. The dogs are now outside the door wondering why Nicole doesn't love them anymore, but <laughs> the reality is, is they are overloved if that's even a possible thing she gave them a whole bunch of sneaky treats she had in her her fanny pack sneaky sneaky treat bag for her own baby and they're well totally you scared fine. me about the love of your dogs so i had to come right. prepared to everyone who might not know about my dog hank is that he um is so much like his mom <laughs> um Desperately learns, yearns for people's love and affection, but has a hard exterior that all you really have to do is give him a treat and he will love you for forever. Same with me. If you give me candy, you and I are best friends for an, our entire lives. So. That was me. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. We're making all kinds of noise and that's what we do here on No Cap. But yeah. Hank, if you don't do it the right way the first time, then he'll hate you for forever. It's a true story. I know. And we're just getting totally crept, crept on by them. But. <laughs> Hmm. What do you want to start by talking about today? Every, I really like to know about people's childhoods and how they got to the bay. Should we just start the old-fashioned way? Your yeah. origin story? <laughs> I sound like a superhero. You are. Um, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Did Do you know that I lived in Illinois? Maybe through some of your podcasting, Okay. I think. I was like, I can't remember. First and foremost, I have the worst memory known to man. So I always have to, I get into like the same conversation with people over and over to learn about them because I can't remember. Anything. I'm with you and you don't have to feel bad about that. I'm embarrassed about that same thing in my own self. Um, Chicago. Chicago. In um, proper or suburb? In the city. Whoa. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. Okay. Um, grew up in West Rogers Park on the north side. Um, went to Lincoln Park High School. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was always drawing and painting. That's the only thing I've ever really been good at, more or less. Um, Do you have other siblings? I have a sister. She's three years older, and she's a doctor. Are you guys friends? Are you guys close? We're like best friends. Yeah. I'm three years yeah. older than my sister, and we're best friends, too. Were you thick as thieves growing up, or did it, was it not always that way? I was a nightmare. Oh, tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I looked up to my sister. I thought she was the coolest human ever. I would, you know, she'd have slumber parties that I would like sneak into or like, you know, horror movie nights that I'd be like creeping in on watching all the movies I should not be watching. Do you have um, a particular one that scarred you as a child? Oh, yeah. I do. What was yours? I mean, it was all of them, but it was like <laughs> Michael Myers, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, 
real like it's really scary stuff i i'm i'm still afraid of the dark at this moment and i always think there's going to be a white masked person looking through a window if i'm on the first floor i don't think there's anything wrong with being scared of the dark i actually don't see well in the dark and my partner does and he thinks it's really i mean like so i traipse through the house and i light my way as i go and then i light down (laughs) light as i go back and he can walk through the house in the dark but also I believe in ghosts. I've seen ghosts. I'm not in. I'm not about that life, though. He it is about that life, meaning he thinks the ghosts are benevolent, and I'm not interested in finding out what their purpose is. I just throw that I, light right on. No, <laughs> I don't think about it anymore. <laughs> I I think I believe in those things, but I do not want to see, hear, smell nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I want nothing to do with it. Yeah. I'm too scared. But I definitely get feels. Yeah. Okay. Growing up in Chicago, <laughs> what year did you start high school? If you don't want to tell your age no, on no, this, no, it's no. totally it's okay. I, you can be like, fuck right off. <laughs> I don't care. God, was it? I'm so bad with dates. Um, I graduated in 2002. What were you doing when with, when NSYNC was possible? Were you was... listening to NSYNC? No. This is a real question I have in my life. I never got into any of the boy the bands. Were you too cool? No, I just was like never into the boy bands. My sister really liked New Kids on the Block. Hell yeah. New Kids was like um, the very first. They were the, the gateway drug they, 100%. of boy bands. I was just like in my own weird world listening to like Pink Floyd and... So, well, you were um, cool then. You were like a I don't cool, think I don't know if I, I was think really so. cool. You were going to the beat of your own drum. I mean, I liked the music my dad was listening to, which was like Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and like Harley Simon and things like that. I liked it, but I was also listening. I mean, I remember, I mean, Ace of Bass, I like had that shit. Oh my gosh. (laughs) My sister and I were doing like with our combs and our brushes, like with the microphones doing the whole dance in the living room. Like we were about that life. But I wanted to ask, because like you and I are of the same age, and in sync, I think is going to be on a reunion tour, and I just want to know I've who the noticing. fuck is coming with me because I can't stop posting about it. <laughs> yes. So excited! Um, unfortunately, I'm probably not the person to take because I'm not into the boy band action. But Do you I think appreciate... we can convert you at this late stage? <laughs> Perhaps. Okay, maybe. let's talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, but um, my we we had a jukebox, and so my dad was always playing amazing oldies music. So at your it was house? really yeah, that's badass. It was it was we still have it like at my parents' house, and I tell them they're not to get rid of that. I want it. Um, what did dad What does dad do for a living? Did dad do for a living? So my dad had multiple jobs, but he owned a currency exchange, and then after that, he worked for the city of Chicago, um, in charge of fleet management. And then after that, God, I don't remember after that, really. I think I moved away and didn't. If your dad could have been anything, what would have he have been? Did he ever a lawyer. tell you? A lawyer. I think, I think he decided to like leave. He was in law school and just kind of fell out. It's hard and expensive. <laughs> law school? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was also, I don't know, a patience thing. And he's, he's brilliant, loves politics. Um, Definitely some weird, like, Chicago mafioso stuff going on, though, behind the scenes. Like, we would have, like, nice. they would have, like, um, you know, those huge trucks that would have, like, Mountain Dew or Coke or whatever. They would stop by my house and give us, like, those huge pallets of, pallets of like, of, like, soda pops. And I'm like, this seems real weird. 
You know? I would have been so hyped on that. I love that you were questioning it. That it was not would have not been what I was doing. I would have been like <laughs> really hyped to have full sugar yeah. anything. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so things fell off the truck at your house. Pretty much. That's what it. It's it looking like. back now. It seems like that. You know. I probably should get over this but like I always held out this dream that I was going to marry someone in the mafia and it was preferential that it be Russian mafia okay why Russian they just seem the scariest (laughs) and when I was living on Pine and Grant Street before I moved over here and you will know this because you're from the city so up on Grant Street when you're crossing into like pre-Chinatown there's like the gates that seem like it's going to go to Chinatown but down that block there it's not Chinatown yet it's like actually very strange art galleries with a lot of like chiluli chiluli like glass chihuly, chihuly, yeah. thank you and like bizarrely huge chandeliers i know exactly and like yeah. all this like art that is insane it's it doesn't really matter if it's real or not. It's ridiculous. Who ha- Who's going to have it? Where are you going to put it? Who is coming to SF and buying it? But who's coming there, right? Like, But it's mafia owned. See, and I know this because like there's dudes who just sit outside there and they smoke cigarettes and they have their little coffees all day long. They're Italian or they're something. They're not. They're like, they're just out there. And I, and I was like, this is just a year ago. So I'm sober and should not be involved in a life of crime. Part of being sober in my mind is like giving up our wanton ways and like <laughs> obeying and some being a member of society in a productive manner. But like, I would often like talk to people as I was walking or whatever. And I'd be like, I know they have a card game down there. I want to be invited so fucking bad. How, how do I like get, how do I get it? What's to say? What's the intro? Like, is the intro just balls deep and just be like i want to come to your card game or like what i mean i never I mean, did i never got you, the nuts up to you, do it i didn't i was like say that what's yeah. the worst that can happen they like probably smile and shove you off or like they find me they push me into a van later on and take me to the woods and kill me no no you're right the, the worst wouldn't have happened but like it's anyone who's been over there like you never see anyone in there there's chock full of art and stuff and it's really brightly lit and it's bizarre and it makes no sense so maybe they you should totally... start by going in there and like kind of looking around you're right maybe i should save up my money for a gaudy ass gigantic chandelier <laughs> just be like walk in there in the outfit i am in today which is biker shorts and a slayer shirt and be like i'm really in a market for a beautiful chandelier what's that artist oh is it Kuntz who makes those like dogs that look like they're made out of balloons mm-hmm. yeah that shit's in there Weird Mickey Mouse crap. Sorry if I said Mickey a, Mouse crap. Get a f- People who love Mickey Mouse, I apologize. Get a fake Jeff Koons piece. I should. <laughs> <laughs> I get these dogs are crying outside this door. It's so ridiculous and embarrassing. I love them. I know. He wants in so bad, but they won't be behaved. Like, we don't let them sucker you into this because <laughs> it's a fucking lie. Okay. Back to childhood. Most embarrassing thing that happened to you as a kid. Hmm. Um, well, is it, is it, could we like go teen years? Is that Absolutely. like, okay. So I think I must've been, what if, is it okay if I, I scooch it up a little bit to, I mean, I must've been, I must've been like 21 or 22. Is that too late? No. 
You're still a kid then, absolutely. Because I have, I feel like that's the only story that seems very ridiculous. Okay, um, ready for it. <laughs> I'm so excited um, right now. <laughs> so one of my best friends in college, Marlene, was getting married. And she asked me to be <laughs> a bridesmaid. Okay. And as I had to get a, a lavender gown. Oh. And, um, and at the time, my, my parents... Well, I should say, my dad always had Cadillacs my whole life. Cool. Cadillacs. He had like the huge Barney Cadillac that was purple and ginormous. I don't know if you'd ever seen Your that. dad was a gangster. <laughs> I, I wish he was. I don't think so. But <laughs> he did work for the city. I mean, there's a whole lot of crazy I love everything politics. that's happening on right. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. I mean, I don't know. Completely. Okay. There we go. It's been sorted. <laughs> but, Got it. So, so when I came, I came home, and my friend Marlene's wedding was in the suburbs of Chicago, which I don't know how to get around. This is actually pre-phone, like pre-smartphone. So yep. you needed maps, or you needed to literally write down, go five miles, you'll see this thing, turn left, whatever. So that night... I was trying to be good. You know, I had like maybe two or three cocktails at the wedding and most everyone else was staying the night, but I, I'm just someone, I like to kind of sleep in my own bed. So after the wedding, I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing my friend Marlene before she like jetted off with her, you know, her just married new, car. Yeah. Yeah. Husband. She, she's like, be careful getting home. Gives me a big hug, a big kiss. I'm like, no problem. I know where I am. And so I get into this huge purple caddy. I had a change of clothes with me in, in, the, in the passenger seat. Because I'm wearing this huge purple like gown. Is it princessy cut? Like, what are you talking about? Like, flowy? Like, big skirt? It was a pretty big skirt. Okay. Um, I mean, they never look good. Not really. You know? No, everyone says that they are going to get the good looking ones, but it's, it's absolutely doesn't... a lie. No. Which actually, my next question is after this, what your bridesmaids were. Say that one more did time. Did you have bridesmaids? I did not. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You broke the... <laughs> I did The not. generational trauma. You broke the first to break it. <laughs> no. We were like, we had just like a fun dinner party in South Lake Tahoe at, our, at a house we rented. Genius. I just, I like chill. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm um, distracting you from the story. So you're in so, full regalia in so purple So in my purple gown, in this purple fucking Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, fuck is totally okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm driving down the road and I'm literally, keep in mind, I'm very stupid. And I'm trying to put jeans on while driving. Not the brightest thing I've ever done. Definitely probably looks like I'm swerving but I feel like I'm the only person on this dark road in the middle of nowhere in you know Chicago suburbs and um so I'm I end up getting lost and I saw like a quick mart so I pull over and I'm at this quick mart and I cannot get out of this dress to save my life and all I want is out I'm freaking out and I got jeans on and then suddenly the quickie mart is like getting surrounded or this one police car keeps on going kind of around in circles Mm -hmm. and then pulls up next to me Mm -hmm. and is like, excuse me, ma'am, like someone said 
they saw someone swerving down the road, blah, blah, blah. Like, have you had drinks tonight? And I was kind of like, I had one cocktail, sir. I just came from a wedding. You know, I'm trying to get back home. And actually, I pulled over too because I can't get out of this dress. Like, I literally was like, so I'm sitting next to my car and a police officer is trying to unzip my purple dress next to my purple car. And it's like, and then suddenly they get a call on the radio and they all zip off. And I was like, what just happened? That's bizarre. You're so lucky. But it doesn't, it doesn't even end there though. So then I go inside and I make friends with a nice guy working at Quick Mart and I need to sober up because I'm definitely, I'm fine, but maybe right, not, not fine. 100% fine. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't drink coffee. And he, he's like, oh, get some like tea. We have tea over there. So I'm drinking tea, making friends with this guy. And this is when, and he's like, oh, I'm a DJ. Do you want to hear my CD? And I sat in his car with him, listening to his like DJ set on a CD in his car. And meanwhile, we're sitting in his car, hanging out. And this cop car keeps on circling around. And I'm like, what's up with this? And he's like, they have nothing to do in this suburb. Uh-huh. So they hang out. They literally like. Do you remember which suburb it was? I cannot remember. I asked because I, I was living in one called Algonquin. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. I've heard of that place. Um, I can't remember. So then I was hanging out for a while just like, you know passing the time he wrote me down (laughs) good instructions to get back to the correct highway awesome um i jump in my car i still have this stupid dress on and then i i start going and i'm about to pull onto the ramp to the expressway and zoop 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 you know like behind Mm -hmm. me the cop car pulls me over Mm -hmm. and then it's another one he's like how many drinks have you had tonight and i was like i had one cocktail and he's like I, he's, and I was like, I got, and he's like, did you get directions? It was like, I think his buddy or something. Right. Like, I'm the talk of the town of at course. this time. Or something. And I was like, I have directions to get home. He's like, okay, drive safe. And I like get home and I like tear this dress off. I'm so lucky. It was the weirdest night. It was embarrassing and weird. And I, I, I couldn't wait to tell Marlene, my friend, yes. like what had happened after her wedding. Because she put that curse on you with the drive safe. Yeah. But also I love the time in our lives. Um, life was different then. Um, because now if you told someone that you got in some guy's car at a quickie mart to listen to a CD, <laughs> every one of us would be like, the fuck? And, and why? And, and, like, and um, that was totally the time that we were living in. That was as completely... I mean, uh, do you know how many people's like, cars I got in to listen to their CDs? A thousand. Yeah. So many. You know, there was nothing sketchy about this nice dude who's like, I don't know. Yeah. We used to just meet people out and just go with them places. Yeah. 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 That's just how... It was. I feel like my mic's a little loud. <sighs> I really like that story. And I love that that's your craziest story. I think Most so. embarrassing. Yeah. It just felt, I was just like, oh my God, that just happened. <laughs> it is embarrassing. There's police trying to take me out of my pink, my purple dress. I kind of love that they even attempted to do that. It was, it was hilarious. All of that's bizarre. Super weird. <laughs> I've got cop stories, but they're not quite like that. <laughs> I mean, one time 
we all got um quote unquote arrested and by that it wasn't real arresting but like we were going to go tp a house we were all to sleep over this was eighth grade i say eighth grade and um they absolutely caught us walking across the high school like um soccer fields and it was who, who it, caught you the cops oh. so this is in littleton colorado the name tells you everything about it and um go ahead so you More hadn't questions. done anything la- no. yet and they no. caught you right <laughs> but our backpacks were full of chocolate syrup and tp did they search you oh yeah we didn't know our rights listen <laughs> I knew what I would know now. I would have been like, you can't touch me. You can't look at my stuff. But imagine in eighth, you're in eighth grade. Oh, we were we were freaking out. And like my dad loves to tell this story because he's so mean spirited. He's like, all the parents were called and all the dads come. Why? Because it's like 11 at night. No moms are coming out. Dads are coming. Dads are coming to go do the dirty work with the cops. Like the girls are all in trouble. The dads start showing up and all one each one of us breaks as the dad of choice pulls up so like no one's crying until they see their dad pull up and then all the girls are crying and we didn't even get away with anything that night and i had to show up in court for that the road tickets mm. and that is one of several times my dad had to take me to court when i was um under 18 but you didn't do anything so what did they charge you with oh my gosh listen the cops in that town ticketed for jaywalking so let me just just tells you everything you need to know. Were you allowed to dance in public? <laughs> no, it was it was in fact the town from Dirty Dancing. That's I, now everyone knows. Or I'm sorry, Footloose. Footloose, Footloose. is where I grew up. <laughs> yeah, uh, close enough for real. Close enough. Oh. Let's look at my list of things that I want to ask you about. Okay, you know what I want to know? Where did you go to college, and was it art school? And let's start there, and then I have a bunch of questions. Um, so I wanted to slowly get away from my parents and I, but I wasn't ready for the East coast, West coast jam yet. So I applied to every Midwestern school. Um, and I ended up falling in love with KU, University of Kansas. 100%. So, um, they, when I visited, everyone was really friendly and that kind of freaked me out and I loved it. And they had kind of an amazing art department, you know, a lot of outsider art. I wanted to learn sculpture, how to solder, you know, I wanted all of it. Um, So I ended up going to school there and it was awesome. Two questions. Someone introduced me to this term outsider art. So having not no education in this matter, that was like a new term for me. I had to go Google it, which was fun. I I don't feel, maybe like uh, when I first started trying to become a part of the art scene in SF, I felt a little bit like, holy fuck, people are going to discover that I have no idea what I'm talking about. And now I feel (laughs) nothing about it. It's like, I don't know what outsider art is. Will you explain what outsider art is to everyone listening? I feel like, no, I feel like I have to look it up. No, I mean... Um, I mean, I I would... I don't know what the legit definition is, but I'm guessing, you know, um, not formally educated people living... Self-taught or supposedly naive artists with typically little or no contact with the conventions of the art world. So they were teaching that in school. Well, it was just a lot of that going on. Um, I guess they can't teach that in school because that's the opposite of that. (laughs) Hello. Yeah, it was just like like a lot of um, 
really interesting artists are you know in Kansas like doing assemblage art junk art but in the best way possible um I don't that's what you were viewing or people were ma- they're making art people like were that. making that when I like okay got that's it. like what I was seeing surrounded by yeah but not the only thing when you Go to art school. Okay, so I only took two art classes. It wasn't art school, though. Oh, so you were in college. The and University of Were Kansas. you majoring yeah. in art or not? I was, yeah, getting my BFA. Okay. So I was majoring in painting and printmaking. Got it. So you had to take some core level classes then. You had to take, like, regular school classes. <laughs> yeah. And then what I didn't... There's two reasons why I never pursued this thing. Is A, I went to college for a different reason. I didn't know you could be an artist. And also, I never would have suspected that I could be. But I dropped out of college one time, and then I went back again to give it another kind of like... Another go. We should give this another shot. Now, um, I'm pretty already... Um, we're into the addiction, so like I have a hard time showing up places sober. Or if um, I am sober, I'm not feeling great. So... Um, the art classes that I took, I had to take art history and then like just an intro to maybe like drawing or something like that. And that's where I'd lost all hope because I was just like, we had to just make what I considered to be awful, boring art. I didn't want to learn how to perspective draw. I, I was like, what? This sucks. Also, I suck at it. So that, and like, there was just like, when you go to school, people whose, whose, um, skill set is realism or drawing like that. You're just like, oh, clearly there's people who are meant to do this. And like, I don't know. I just got really, it's my own personal take on it. But I was just like this. I clearly cannot do this. And that's what happened. Also, I thought art history is for fucking, I was like, this fucking sucks. I can't art stand any one so of these. Hard. I, it's so just, hard. It's pure memorization, at yes. least the, the courses I took. I had a set of like 500 note cards that I would sit there before. You know, it's just pure memorization. I wasn't particular. Like I love art history, but can I, I remember? No, I feel like a real art dickhead. Anything? I just don't really give a fuck about <laughs> any of that stuff. Like people are often like. First of all, I'm not talking shit on any people who have this knowledge. I want to be clear. I'm all about people knowing stuff and being good at stuff and like having their particular interests. But for me, when people tell me my work looks or looks like this or whatever, first of all, I will never know what you're talking about. And B, but you seem interested, like you then will look that person up. I will look own. it up, but I, I have mostly no regard for what are considered to be artists that we should be liking. And I'm going to use that. I mean, you guys, I'm using big parentheses or big, like, I don't think that's a marks. bad thing, though, you know? It's I feel probably like not. The, you know, the hot, let's say the hot artists, the contemporary artists that, you know, make the covers of magazines or might not be for everybody. It's so... I don't know, you know? Yeah. Everyone likes their own jam. There's plenty of jam for everyone. Exactly. And I just like, for one, I mean, a lot of times museums don't really interest me because I just don't like that art. But you know what I really like, though, (laughs) is the Legion of Honor. I like paintings that look like they're like families and they're done in oil and they're like done, like, I really like shit like that, weirdly enough. What do you mean? Like, Like, I like the Legion of Honor when they have like all of their rooms with like their heavily gilded, ornate frames and it will be oil paintings of like fancily dressed people from you know like so you like that that <laughs> i just was at the it's legion so random, right? it's not i mean I'm a, i love that i'm like yes i'm here for this i love the like crazy still lives yes. of like 
the hanging, you know, pheasant and like, but then there's like gnarly things in them that you don't really notice at first glance. I like to look at like, um, the pictures of the children and then their haunting stairs and then be like, first of all, they were probably having to stand there for like 10 hours for that painter. So that no, was no terrible. Doubt. But also then I like to make up like, um, sagas about their life too. That's, that's fun. Yeah. We'll go sometime. I'll tell you some tales. <laughs> I love um, just the paintings with amazing gowns and like yes. fabric work. Yeah. But then you'll you'll see it from across the room. I don't. I fr- I just took a photo of one at the Legion of Honor, and I can't remember who painted it. But it was from across the room. It looks so gorgeous and realistic, and you get close, it and doesn't. it's just literally a brush mark, and that is amazing. That's what the masterful stuff comes yeah. in when you cut yeah. close and you realize that like, what you thought was so, yeah, is gestural. Mm-hmm. It's and you're like, the fuck. Yeah, and that that is what I love. Me I too. Love that. <laughs> I wanted to go off. I'm gonna try to stick to what we should be. I'm gonna keep on the track. I I get sidetracked so easily in my own brain. Just just try to keep me here together. What was your favorite class in art school? Um. I'm like, does working in my studio count? Studio time? Yeah, tell me about um, it. So what do you, do you get your own like private studio? Do you share a studio? Tell me everything about art school. I know nothing. So the first, the first, I think, I think I ended up getting, we, we had kind of a huge, like huge rooms, studio classes for probably the first few years. And then I think eventually we had kind of, you know, little nooks that were your own. Um, but I mean, studio, I don't know, studio time is the best, but I can't during, I have such a strange memory of the university of Kansas versus like, I, I well, that's all that matters. It is your take on it. Yeah. Like this is not, we're definitely not a fact check podcast. As everyone knows, (laughs) we just go with our gut. So, um, (laughs) one of my best friends lives in Kansas city currently and A few years back when I went to visit her, we went to visit Lawrence, where the school is located. And in my head, how I thought the layout of the campus was, was completely wrong. And I was like, I was here for four years. I walked these roads and from, you know, room, like from building to building, Mm -hmm. how is my memory so jacked? I was like, oh, the art department's there. And then I'm like, wait, uh, like I was, I was baffled. So it's, yeah, my, my memory. But those, I think, I feel like our brain discards things we don't need and you don't need to know the layout of the campus in contemporary day life. Perhaps, but yeah, I think maybe I, I like wish my memory was a bit more solid, but I did actually thinking back, um, I took a design one class with, an artist named John Swindell who had a dolly mustache mm-hmm. and that was a really fun class. He was a great educator. Um, we like went to the dump and got all these things to kind of make, we had to kind of create a story, make these objects, um, you know, just basically looking at things a different way. And that's that, cool. That was really fun. We also had to, we had like a trike, like a little like 
trike race, you know, that we had to like kind of build our own and make it like a weird subject matter. And like we had, you know, it was, it was just super fun and really engaging. There was a bar in college that we had that had trike races (laughs) and it involves pitches of beer and was not an educational experience. But perhaps in other ways it was educational. I'm racking my brain right now on what that bar was called. So there's a reason I can't remember. It's because I was always drunk there. Anyway, moving quite along. <laughs> when you say majored in painting, were you oil painter? Actually, I was always acrylic. Oh, this surprises um, me. I used oils when I was young, young. And then in high school, I started getting into the acrylics. I think it's just easier. You know, you're not dealing with turpentine and highly toxic things. And a lot of people thought my acrylic paintings were oil just from how I was using them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And you're still acrylic painting. Now I use everything. Uh, a, A really awesome girl in grad school was selling her box of oil paints. That would probably be like, you know, $600 mm-hmm. for like 40 bucks. And that was the first time I picked up oils again was for my MFA show. Holy I, shit. I like was like, all right, I'm busting these out. What was the subject matter of your MFA show? Um, so I was taking, at the time I was really interested in film noir and golden era women and whatnot. And I was really interested in these old movies and I was taking Polaroids while watching the movie because you know how gorgeous the the lighting is and the just the themes of the movie going into the interior spaces or streets or it had such a you know beautiful like ominous all capitals it's a mood it's totally a mood um so I was taking these Polaroids and then I took those Polaroids and actually just painted them giant scale, like four foot by four foot with the white border of the Polaroid, you know, not shying away from my subject. Um, and I hung them, I made, I think I made like 15 of them and hung them in a huge grid on the wall. So it was almost like playing memory or something Cool. that these stories kind of interplayed with each other it was fun does everyone hang together who is graduating at the same time or do each person get their own separate show I don't know how I'm a horrible human so I went to CCAC when there was a C at the end what's CCAC a California College of the Arts that's that's where you got your MFA from yeah yeah oh well now we have skipped now you've moved (laughs) to California (laughs) um well, so, uh, you know, gra- how dare you <laughs> graduating, bury the lead, <laughs> graduate, graduating with, um, from KU, I was ready to go East coast, West coast, um, applied to some schools. I didn't even think, I think it was just probably, you know, parents ingrained this like continuation of schooling. I didn't even think about taking time off, um, so I ended up visiting San Francisco and New York in the dead of winter, and I quickly Easy choice quickly Easy choice. quickly chose San Francisco, mm-hmm. um, and just had a great experience while visiting. What year was that? Holy Mary, mother! Um, so I went to school in two thousand one. At in in California. In, in, in California. Great. So it's two thousand one. You've moved to San Francisco. What a great time to move to San Francisco. It's like the I'm bubble so, just burst. I know. <laughs> oh, 
God. I mean, like, the most FOMO I'll ever have in my life is people who either grew up here or moved here in the correct time, unlike me, which I didn't oh, at all. there's no correct time. No, there, 2013 was not the correct time. It was a very <laughs> savage. <laughs> um, you could move from neighborhood to neighborhood without too much issue back then. Yeah. Now just pick up and do whatever. Like, no, we were, yeah. it's, you know, the golden handcuffs. If, mm-hmm. if you have rent control, you stay and you are there until you would like to leave California. A hundred, a hundred and ten percent. Uh-huh. That me. <laughs> okay. I have a, did, we haven't talked about mom at all. Do both, did your parents both have higher education and they both went to college? They both went to college. Um, I can't, I, I can't remember where my parents went. I think like somewhere in Illinois. What did mom do? Um, My mom worked for Leo Burnett Advertising Agency for something like 13 years. Oh, she had a sexy job. She was an advertising exec. Um, (laughs) I don't know if she's an exec. She ran the... the, Nicole Hayden's mom, if you're listening right now, you are an executive (laughs) in my narrative. (laughs) What's the name of the, she worked, okay, she worked in marketing research, so she was like in charge of, you know how they'll put out like, if you're 10, between 10 and 15 and you want to try this yes, product, and yes. I she got doing the core, coolest. The core groups are like, what do you call those focus groups? Focus groups. She was in charge of that. Cool. So I got to go in there and like try sometimes cool tr- like, yeah, that, and I would just like run rampant in their cool offices, steal treats. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a summer like internship job at like the Marlboro with the Marlboro people and they're like in their kind of marketing department. I was like essentially cutting like foam core and like photocopying and pasting things together, but it was really cool. Sounds glorious. It was pretty cool. Did you get free cigarettes as a kid? No. That's too bad. <laughs> I'm not that old. I just old. want you to know her <laughs> face was so like I would never. And I was like, I should have just picked up smoking when I was 11. Just been done with it. Um, Okay. Mom was in advertising. Dad went to college too. And your sister is a doctor and she's three years older than you. So while you're getting your MFA, now you're entering your fifth year of college just consecutively. Yes. Sister has gone where? Where did she go to college? Um, she went to the University of Virginia, and then uh, after graduating there, she's back in Chicago. At I believe she was at like Rush a Hospital there to do her residency. Yeah. What kind of doctor is she? She has butts and guts. Col- that's awesome. Col- colorectal. That's so. Ex- that's really exciting for you. <laughs> for me. It's exciting. Listen, if, if if I had a sibling who did that for a living, I'd be like, I'm fucking, I'm, that is great news. Like, I know that I'm going to be free and clear of those problems. I'm going to call that person up and be like, what's happening right now? Those are like half our problems as we age. Are you're you not, kidding me? You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. I know because I'm aging and that is happening. Also, my partner has like this insane gallbladder problem right now. And it's just like... His I mean, gallbladder is basically dead inside her. of him. And like people just will not operate right now. I'm like, what more do you need to know? He's got a dead organ inside his body. I'd be cutting that out. I get so irritated. And this is also why I'm not a doctor. Because I would just be like, let's make this decision. I feel like my Post-age. sister will cut anything out. I love this about your sister. <laughs> I was actually on the phone with my best friend yesterday. And she called to ask. Um, she got COVID for the first time at this very late date. And... Mm. 
she's like, this is how I feel. And, she, and I was like, yeah, it's not going to get any worse. Like you've already been like, you now have tested. This is the worst you're going to feel. You're there. And she's like, okay. She's like, I was calling to ask if I should take that COVID drug. And I was like, no, fuck no. And, uh, She's like, great. She's like, you should have been a doctor. She's like, you could still, you're a perfectionist. You still could. And I was like, I love that vote of confidence. So everyone who's listening, just so you know, I'm choosing to not be a doctor, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to stay here and play with my paints instead. But just so you know. Uh, it's kind of a safer choice and the cheaper choice. Honestly. But I like this about your sister. Are you two vastly different in personality? I think we're the same person. Okay. But... She's just better at like the education, you know, she's amazing at writing and reading and that other side of the brain, but we sound alike. You sell yourself short, I think. I'm not the most amazing, like writing and she was also an English major. But you have taught me things and you teach other people things. And I think that's impressive. And I think that's like side by side with those talents. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you get away with that. All right. I'll take it. All right. So you two share, I mean, for instance, my sister and I would have, I would say we have a lot of similarities, um, but on the outside, people would say we're vastly different. We don't look alike though. It's the, Oh really? Tell yeah. me what your sister looks like. Um... She looks exactly like my dad, and I look exactly like my mom. And oh. my mom is from Israel, so I think I have a little more of that dark complexion, and my sister is more white. I don't, I don't know. You know the. Does she have dark hair too? Uh, lighter brown, yeah. or she she has dark hair, but it's lighter than mine. Yeah, I've I fifty fifty look like each of my parents whenever I'm with them. They, people always say I look exactly like that one. You know what I'm well, saying? So when I'm with my dad, they say that. And when I'm with my mom, they say that. And then my sister looks much more like my dad. And my brother looks quite like my mom. So, yeah, I get it. Nice. But my sister's also really quiet and um, also, like, is very put together. So opposite from me. I look like a disaster i am a disaster and i also say whatever the fuck i want to say when i don't I want think to say you're it. a disaster by the way thank you my love but like i mean even just visually chaotic with the tattoos and like the whatever the loud clothing my sister has like very cute she's like very like put she's, together per she's perfect and, and i mean she'll get mad at me for saying that don't get mad at me meg my but, sister is probably a little more put together than me yeah. but i think that's also you know kind of our like our life right mm -hmm. i mean being an artist like I'm not concerned about wearing, you know, my sister has to wear pantsuits or like. Yeah, they're professionals in a different so, way. Yeah. I feel like people trust us more if we show up with paint on us. I do think I look like a homeless person on the daily though. I've never seen you look like that, but I do understand what you're saying. <laughs> oh my gosh, I got distracted again. All right, you moved here and you went to CCAC, which was what? California. Uh, California College of Arts and Crafts and I was there like the last year when I think the art the design department dropped the C because crafts had a horrible I don't know they didn't feel good about that word you know scrapbooking cheesy <laughs> um you know, th looking back though, when I did start researching schools, I did think it was kind of a funny name, but now I appreciate that name. And I stand behind it. With the C? With the C. 
Yeah, Crafts does have an aspersion on it, doesn't it? But it had been that name for so many years, you know? It's like, I don't know. So you went there and you majored again in, okay, so like you're going to get your master's, you have to declare a new and different major. Is it more specific than painting? It was, no. I, was it? I was in the painting department. Okay. Did you get a studio there too? Yes. Where was it? So it was at, at the time it was their new campus, their huge warehouse building, um, you know, off of 16th, like a few blocks past Petrero. Oh, um, which still is there, but I think they're like, they've, it's, I'm a horrible alumni and have not been back for several years, but I think they bought a lot of property right around there and they've really expanded. So they're still going. They're still going. How many arts colleges are there in San Francisco? Well, SFAI left us, right? I know. Which is sad. I don't understand much about the whole situation. They just run out of money. It seems like it was poorly run, run and... I don't really know. I'm sure there's people that know more than I do. <laughs> I know exactly who those people are, and they will be on this podcast. Good. So we'll let's put that. Can't wait to hear. But also because I'm like you, I can't remember anything. Who knows when I'll <laughs> pick up that. All right, Rebecca Kaufman and Jen Wolford. I'm calling you out by name. Those are the two who will know what the fuck is up. Nice. Okay, continuing. Um... This is such a nasty question, so I'm gonna let it go for a second. Oh, it's no. like, well, top five Bay Area artists. I feel like people don't want to say, but I feel like it's so arbitrary, and everyone knows that people's favorites change. So, no one's feelings need get hurt. But like that's put that in the back burner of your mind for a second, and you don't even have to say it. You can do three, or you can be like infinite, or whatever. If you don't like, but no one should be feeling bad. Okay, everyone has their no. Instagram favorites. I why have would, mine. I'm like, why would people feel bad though? Well, you know. People's feelings get hurt. We're, we're all humans with tenderonies. Here's what I want to talk about a little bit. Pricing artwork. This is some real art nerdery that I have like really not gotten into. This is not an arts podcast, but you are an extra all capitals art professional. And I feel like this is something that I watch across the board and I talk to a lot of people who are very well established and I don't ever get very, um, I don't get answers out of them either. So like, let me, how about, I don't pin you totally down on this, but I like in art school, they didn't teach you how to price things, did they? Oh, they didn't give us any guidance whatsoever and anything we probably needed to learn. Cause my understanding about going to art college is that like, it's kind of gauche to talk about making money from your art. Are you just supposed to be there for like the, <laughs> the sanctity of the art? I, I feel like if, feels that way but in the end of the day they should have major classes to teach you how to market yourself to write artist statements to and I don't I mean I think I did have a class where I had to I think it was called like power of poetics or something we did have to kind of create um a statement of some kind at the end of the class and I guess we did to get our MFA we had to fulfill kind of a thesis type situation where I had to figure out how to write about my work and showcase I don't know we, we like made books essentially. so they basically taught you how to get gallery representation or go sort after of. that in some sort of way I think grants so, galleries like I writing. wish I 
I, I should have taken a grant writing class. I probably avoided that like the plague. As would I. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, speaking of which, I still haven't finished any of that. Um, Don't call yourself out on this public forum. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Between us. All right, all right. My bad. Yeah. Um, but as, as, so I got picked up um, from my MFA show to show with a gallery, and they essentially helped me with the first pricing of my work. What gallery was it? Uh, Hang Art downtown. Is it still there? Yes, it still exists. Where downtown? Um, on Sutter. Okay. Um, That's great. Well, that's so through... exciting. Describe that feeling to us. Um, they found you at they, your show. Yeah, they approached me. They were into these paint, into my Polaroid paintings. And so that's when I first started showing. And it was awesome because I didn't have to put any leg, leg work into getting representation. Yeah, that's um, like, I feel like that's the dream. And here I am at my MFA show and this gallery walks in and is like, let me represent you. And you're like, oh, and I fly off into the sunset. Hooray. <laughs> it's definitely, um, no, it was, it was really, it was very exciting. Um they did go through some changes with the main curator of like of the gallery um and i ended up leaving i think i was with them for maybe 5 or 6 years that's a pretty um, long stay i you know i feel like i was doing really great with them and they they have they had really great clientele they also did that whole jam where they can rent to own artwork so someone could feel it out for a few months in their home. Oh. And that goes towards the price of the artwork. Is that something that happens? Some some consignment or like some some gallery places do that. Oh. Um I believe. <laughs> um but so I would be getting like random checks in the mail from just something being rented for like years. That's great. So I'm like, oh, 200 here, 300 here. That's amazing. So at this know? juncture, are you full-time artist? Like, No. So right out of uh, a close friend, Heather, she had a friend who was leaving this decorative painting company. And so I had never, I didn't even quite know what that really entailed and what that meant. Um, so right when he left, I interviewed and, and I started working for this company, Willem Rakey Studios. Uh, so we did tons of decorative arts faux finishing, which was wood graining, gold leafing, stenciling, glazing, Venetian plaster, lacquering. Yeah, you all, it's bonkers stuff. It's I mean, like, like when we're saying wood graining, I mean, she paints things to look like they have been made of wood and it is outrageous <laughs> in the best way. And so that, um, that was my first job and I was with him for like 18 straight years. Is this where you, did you and Jet work together at yep. this place? Yep. I worked with John. I worked with Jet. And John. Um, I had all of some other buddies, my friend James and Neil. Like It was funny because I would be I like, I wish Come I on. had this background because, I mean, everyone we're talking about is a fantastic artist. And I, like, I feel like you just got to use a lot of different materials, which so really I, must help your process. Just getting, do you feel like that happened? I, I mean, just as, being comfortable. As I, was, I feel like... Um, Definitely, especially in the beginning of like learning some of these new techniques, I was like obsessed. So then suddenly you'll see gold leaf in all of my paintings. Right. You'll see amazing stenciling all over my paintings. <laughs> it's like whatever we were working on yeah. would inspire the art that I was making at the time. Um, so that really influenced my work a lot. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was fun because especially in the beginning, 
it was like all artists that I worked with. Um, and it was yeah, just, it sounds so we fun. had, we had great conversations, music, art, everything while sitting there, like working on a horrible ceiling, mm-hmm. you know, we're all like in it together. Um, tell me, do you have like a project that in, sticks out in your mind as being like truly horrible and it can be horrible. You do. You already know what right away. Yes. Okay. Tell us oh, all yeah. about it. Also, I lost, not letting I lost you... years off of my life. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not letting go of the pricing conversation that we're coming back to and putting a pin in it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Tell us about the project. Um, So while working for Willem, we, we got to working on a powder room and the logistics were such a nightmare. I was doing uh, Vera Eglomise, which is like reverse glass painting. And so the, glass company made panels that fit the entire room of this powder room to the exact T, hopefully, or you'd have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And so we had to, the guys in our crew had to make a whole, like a wood frame system where it was just enough to lay, the glass will lay flat, but I have to see it from the other side. So we essentially... It was a jungle scene, and we we projected all of our imagery onto you know white paper, and then we placed that down on top of the glass, so then I I could see the other side while painting it. Okay, but one I have a logistics oh, yes, question: yes. Is the glass while you're painting it? Are you vertical or is it lying down and you are under it? So it was um, sitting on a frame system at a bit of an angle. Okay. And so, so you're standing when So you... we're on like ladders kind of reaching over awkwardly, you know, it, it had to be just at a good angle that you could reach the top of it and like comfortably reach the lower part. Okay. Which sounds I mean, all, this all sounds awful. It's, it's so much awful already. It's well, it's gl- glass. I love it so much, but it's so difficult and so many things could go wrong. What material do you use to paint on glass? One shot oh. enamel. I've never used one shot. But it looks so glorious. I want to so bad, but also it is what it says it is, isn't it? Like it is one shot. It's. Is it a get it right the first time type situation? I mean, you could putz with it if you want, I, but it you have to kind of know what you're doing. Essentially, it's not it's not a material. I'd be like, let's, uh, let's play with this today. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's. You know, there's ways you can thin it out. You can make it a little more uh, workable. You can make it dry faster. Like there's all these, you know, weird materials to make anything happen with it. But so this was my first major reverse glass painting monstrosity. And... um, Okay, so you had printed out the design on white paper. So, yeah, we projected it on the paper... Um, slipped it essentially kind of behind, you know, and we're working in these panels. So we had to kind of figure out how everything exactly fits together. Yeah. Which is like so scary, but I would try and triple check, you know, everything. Right. Cause people, cause they're not all in a row right now. They're working on them separately. So they need to know that the drawings when finally positioned will touch in the appropriate areas. We definitely tried to have, um, walls together if yeah. that makes sense mm-hmm. so like the the frame was huge going th- like spanning through the whole workspace and so i 
I, I paint this glorious. I just want you to know that I feel so tense around my heart right now. Just even thinking this is not happening in real life, but I'm so, so anxious right but now. The, the thing about reverse glass painting, it's like you have to know, you have to clean the shit out of your glass. Yeah. You have to like, cause weird things can happen where there's like these inner, you know, these chemical reactions that you're like, what is happening and why? And like so, clean it with Windex or what, something? No, what you can't you, be using shit like that, hon? Like what do you clean it with? Not Windex. Um, Just playing like oh my alcohol God, this, or something like that? You can use alcohol, but you can also use, there's this powder stuff. I'm, of course, I'm like blanking on the name right now. It's but okay, it's but like can a, I be your apprentice? I would love you to okay, be my great. apprentice. I just want to know all the stuff you know. Um, huh. When it works. <laughs> um, mistakes are the best though. I'm in for the mistakes too. Oh God. This is not the mistakes you ever want to make though. So, so we're also leaving areas totally clear that we're going to eventually aluminum leaf. So you'll see that through from the other side. Okay. So there's this beautiful jungle mural. I'll have to show you after this podcast. It's like my, it's, it's my most hated, but also my fucking favorite. I bet you it's gorgeous. Well, also I will include this for everyone. I will include it in the podcast. <laughs> like I'll put a picture of it up for everyone on the Insta. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. So, so we're working on these panels. We, I finally, I'm, it's, uh, it's, I think it was not just me working on it. Also, um, Willem's longtime muralist, who's like my best friend, Donald, who's mm-hmm. like, he moved to Portland, but literally flies down to work for Willem like once every two weeks. It's Is hilarious. he still your best friend? He's one of my best friends. I love him so much. I have one real quick. One more interjection. I'm sorry to do this, but when you're who, so is this some interior designers conceptualization yes. or is this yes. great? And you do know this person or you don't know this person? Um, it's Palmer Weiss, but I don't know them okay. personally. Yeah. I'm just wondering who fucking like, so you know what, like who sold this to the client before? That's the real evil of it is like some what's, designer what's funny being like, you know what we can do for you? And then like these, these poor saps will figure it out. Don't you worry. Oh, it's hilarious. Recently I looked at, um, at her Instagram, found the picture of this and it says never again. <laughs> like I lost years of my life. It says on, that on her, her Instagram. Instagram. So it wasn't just me who may have had heart attacks. Okay, so this is how it goes. So basically, it's done. It's like we're so excited. So at the end, you have to essentially put like a finish coat over the whole back, like backing coat. The guys. It was a weekend and there's these three brothers who work for Willem and have worked for Willem for, you know, probably like 18 years now. Um, I get a call. So Willem is literally on vacation in Patagonia and unreachable. I'm sweating. I get a call on a Saturday morning. They're, uh, they're like, Chica, we have a problem. There is a reaction happening when I'm putting the black coat on. I say, fucking stop. I'll be right there. So in uh, Willem Studios in the Mission, I'm like 14th and Folsom, and I live in Hayes Valley. I just like ran over. I, I'm there on a Saturday. I see there's a bubbling happening with this black backing coat on just this one, like on some areas. So after having panic attacks, um, I 
kind of redo those areas as best I can. And so it blends in just right with the same paint, the same thing. But we change from we stop using that black paint and and use another like black paint product okay. that does not react with anything. So that was my first absolute heart attack. Then, keep in mind, Willem's still away. So um, there, all right, we've, we've reversed painting and the glass is see-through. Some of it we're doing aluminum foiling on, but why is it black backing? So there's no way you can like look through to the Correct. other side. You just need it to be... Correct. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, so it's like uh, making mirrors. So you always have like major, a surface that's like backed. Right. And it's probably, I'm, I'm guessing it's almost always black. Okay. Um, so after that heart attack mellowed out, um, the glass guys came and they see this black paint that we had used. And they're like, so what did you guys use for the the back of this? Because essentially they're, you know, gluing this to the walls of this powder room and they want to make sure everything's all kosher. And we had changed it from the initial black to this new black. This exactly without telling them. But so essentially I think I think we use like um literally just a latex. Okay. And so suddenly they're up in arms and I'm on a five or six way call with the designers, with the glass guys who are going to install and like the owners of the company and, and you know, Willems in Patagonia. So I'm like, and we're arguing back and forth about is this product, is their adhesive going to work on this latex? And at the end of this like hour long stressful conversation where I wanted to cry. I'm sure. There was one question asked being like, so can your adhesive be used on water-based products? They're like, yes. And I'm like, why did we go through? Why did we go? Like, it was like the the glass guys just like wanted to start shit Mm -hmm. or like, it was really. Well, I think it's really all about liability too. I mean, when you're is. on a project of this expanse and that's expensive, and um, the scope of their project was to make sure that the installation and that like the cutting of it and then the installation goes well. It's like everyone wants to be able to pass that buck. A hundred and ten percent. It was. It was like. But I was like. But also, why that I feel like the complications I've the... had with like the research that I've done on the internet when it comes down to products and like, also like anyone listening to this podcast, if you've gotten an emergency um, Instagram message or text for me, if I have your number, you know about it. Cause like there's just been so many times where I've been like, I need this, I need to figure out this right now. And I will fucking blast off a question about like, have you ever used this to seal this and do this? And it's like, <laughs> I'm, it's like when I'm standing in the aisle of that fucking store and it's like closing time and I'm like freaking out. I, I still to this day don't understand what chemical reaction was happening in that initial rolling out of this paint. It was like, it's super weird. It was like bubbling off the surface. Um, I've had my own fair share of nightmare projects and I've had something like that happen and it is horrifying, especially when 
it's something that like you wanted to get done kind of. I mean, it doesn't really matter how much you enjoyed the process, but that sounds like really arduous and like a pain in the I ass. I was like, you know, but it's also something you're so proud of. Yeah. Finally finishing and it's going to be amazing and it's it's just really cool. Like that reverse glass painting, I actually want to explore more for like current artwork. It's just so you're going to come awesome. and do my bathroom in reverse glass painting. Sounds yeah. great. I'll have yeah. you. No way. <laughs> Um, but you that, met my dogs. Was... They can't. We can't have a glass anything in this household. <laughs> Maniacs. Oh my god! I, I cannot wait them. to see this picture. That's a good horror story. That was probably the. That was one of the, the worst. Because you know I had to like talk to Willem on the phone when he was on vacation, and he's just like he'll be like on a boat, you know, and I'll be like, so this is going on, and. You're not here and you obviously can't do anything about it, but I'm trying to handle it as best I can. But it, I, I went back um, not to, uh, well, probably now, probably like five years ago, to, and I like was working in that house and looked in that bathroom and I was like, this is so gorgeous. You must have such an awesome catalog of like, I bet you just walk around the city and you're like, I've been in that house and that house. 110%. And that. And that is cool. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's some crazy, I mean, all of Pack Heights. I know. And like See, Marina, oh, Sea Cliff, like. Juicy. It's, it's pretty, pretty fun. I know. I like seeing the insides of those places. There's, it's just like, you do not know what you're going to get. No. If you think no. there's a style in the Bay Area as a whole of like people going out or whatever, there kind of is. But when the inside of the house is an entirely different situation. It'd be fun to like house, like house jump, like have them just open their doors and you can see these like insane. They should let us. Yeah. There's, there's some amazing, amazing. There's this one house on Broadway that has you enter and there's an, a whole atrium that is open to like skylights and open air. And it's like yeah. insanely awesome. There's just a lot of unsuspecting. I mean, whatever it looks like on the outside is not what you're going to yeah. get in the city. It's just different here. Like the houses on the outside do not represent what's actually going on on the inside. There's and, this amazing place that's like Scott and Hate. Okay. And from the outside, it's just like you would think it's just like, you know, it's cute. It has like a pink door. Mm -hmm. Inside, all the walls are hot pink and it opens up to like a huge double, you know, floor space. And it's like the living room's ginormous, and then there's like a cute, cute um, bedroom up here, and then a little nook for kids over there. But it's just like you would never have thought. And it has these cr this crazy like sliding entry door, like not the front door, but you come in and there's this like crazy door that like moves to open into like the hallway. I know what you're saying. It's like really cool I know. spots. Yeah. I like painting in houses that are like that, but also it's really nerve wracking to do so. Just because you have paint on you, you have paint around. It's just these houses are very expensive. Things are very like nice. You get real careful. Yeah. You get so careful. Ladder, bringing ladders and scaffolding oh, in. Oh, for the love. I get nervous, you know, on my own projects when just hiring people who just may not be aware of the size of their ladder that they're bringing in or like, you know, mm -hmm. just things like that. It's like, you just need to be very careful and know. Yeah. I don't do my own. I mean, I make people come in or I hire people. I don't make them. I hire them to do things like that. Cause I can't setting, setting up's the worst. No. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Here's what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is pricing and you don't have to like tell us prices, but like, when you're pricing out work for a job or something like that, are you doing 
a day rate? Are you doing are you doing price per square foot that involves things with materials and everything built in? Like tell me, it doesn't, it's like a guideline for people because I think everyone kind of takes a little bit of what everyone else does. I'm not afraid of talking about pricing. I feel like, I mean, anyone can do whatever they want, right? Oh, sorry, people. Um, everyone can do whatever the fuck they want. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, um, I, I don't have an exact set way, like, a mathematical thing that I always do what I end up I and and I also weirdly have my decorative arts I price differently than my murals I feel like that is totally correct though um so I which one is more expensive my decorative arts that makes sense. usually hopefully (laughs) yeah um Unless I grossly underbid something. No, which... Uh, yeah, which has happened in her <laughs> recent thing. And I was dying over watching you do this. This powder, it's always the powder rooms, by the way, people. These powder rooms really. They look like they're very little square footage mm-hmm. and it would be very easy, but no, 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 no. But here's the plot twist the smaller the space, the, the harder, the more things suck for me. <laughs> it's like, um, it, 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 even when you think about getting a ladder into that space or how you just, sometimes there's things that you just do not think about. Because you're yeah, you're walking and you're doing like a site visit and you're like, yeah, of course. Like yeah, this is this like is, whatever. Uh, and then you're like four days. Oh, plot twist. <laughs> I actually can't get that height of a ladder in here. What the fuck am I gonna do now? Or oh, how will I paint behind this toilet? A hundred. These Those are all twi- of my all of these are nightmare all of my issues recently. Um so I, I depending on what we're talking about, uh, I think about square footage. I have rough square footage numbers like depending on what's happening from, you know, $25 a square foot to $60 a square foot. Um, but you know what I mean? So it's very different. And then, um, figure out what my material cost roughly would be. And so I, I'll start with that sometimes I've never, and then I kind of figure out how many days something might take me and, and what I want to make on that day. And then I sort of figured that price out. And so I have these two prices that sometimes one might be a lot greater than the Mm -hmm. other. And, you know, so I kind of play with both those ways. Mm -hmm. So I don't have like a set kind of calculating system. It's kind of... I'm the same way. I feel like you just know what's going to fly and what's not after you've done it for a little bit. And that's part of the trouble or like the difficulty of doing this. And I definitely will price higher on ceilings because they're a nightmare and nightmare. my neck and shoulders are brutalized over the years. Yeah, well, you got to be able to pay for your massage and your chiropractor after yeah. that. Yeah. And now in these days, it's like I'm always factoring gas and like bridge toll too. Just any of this little shit that you like are like, oh, it's nickel and diamond. Actually, it totally adds up. You need to be factoring that in people. <laughs> Let me ask you a different question. Do you have a gal- Do you have gallery representation? Do you have a gallery no, that you do? no. So when you're, when do you change the prices of your paintings? How has that changed for you over the years? Because, okay, you started at this gallery who really helped you with your pricing. And that was 18 years ago, I think, if you told me that, because then you worked for that interior paint company for 18 years right then. Mm -hmm. So how has your price, like when, how, what graduating stage, was there milestones that you were like, now it's a thing or well, what I, happened? Or did I, people I feel like take I've you regressed. aside and tell you? <laughs> like, yeah. I think my prices have regressed a lot just because I haven't had set like representation in a long time. Um, and I'm a horrible, horrible businesswoman. You know, that's just not my jam. Like, 
but I feel, um, I feel like now I kind of just sort of roughly figure out what my, you know, old prices were. I think about size, but also if it's technically crazy detailed, you know, that will definitely, and if there's gold leaf in it, right. I take all that into account. If you can use it in the apocalypse for currency, it gets it to be more expensive. <laughs> Got it. No, but I'm I'm probably not the best to talk about price, like pricing artwork. I usually will like talk to everyone else, be like, "What do you think this should go for?" Because <laughs> it's also like galleries. We all do it. We all do it. This no. is the point. Like, it, I don't really think that there's anyone who I mean, who the galleries aren't helping them do it. It's I feel like there's a lot of looking around and just being like, yeah. "What is this going?" Or like, I look at people's careers and how long they've been doing things, and I see what size it is, and I see like blah blah blah, and then I'm like, "Okay, yeah. then yours should be falling somewhere in here." I mean, it's total fucking crapshoot. It is. I totally have like, made it up. But completely. all at the same time, then when you think of a, a price point, then they're like, "Oh, wait, the gallery takes fifty percent." And so that's yeah. like a whole thing. And I'm like, man, no one's, you know, for the money I want to make, no one's going to purchase this piece right. for like what I think is actually, it, that's, it's very problematic. It is very and- problematic. And I have <laughs> been um, choosy about how many pieces a place. I don't, yeah, I'm not into that 50% deal. It's a lot of money for big pieces. Like it's just a hefty chunk and. Um, the galleries that get my big work are the ones who don't take 50 and who I'm really into uh, supporting, like Moth Belly. That's awesome. The babies. I also Our help. angel boobs. I really help support Moth Belly on the daily. <laughs> what do you buy buying artwork? I buy all their work. I buy a bunch of shit from there too. Yeah. Oh my God. Are you going to the show tomorrow night? Um, maybe I, I just have to see how, uh, I have a new job starting tomorrow. It's not a huge job, but it's in like San Anselmo painting a kitchen nook. So where's San Anselmo? Everyone <laughs> don't um, hate me cause I don't know where anything is. It's only Oakland it's and San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> it's over the red bridge. Oh, <laughs> or, over the or scary bridge. bridge. <laughs> That bridge still scares me to drive over. And, well, if I'm in the middle, it's cool. But if I'm on the side, I can't go anywhere fast like I like to. I have to, have to go regular. Gotcha. I guess and then just enjoy the sights. Okay, it's over the bridge where the fancy so just, people are. I don't like getting stressed out. You know, when that day is starting a job and you're like, I have to be back to, you know, get to this art opening later or something. I like to... Completely understandable. I don't like being stressed out either. It just happens. <laughs> What's happening in the nook? So, um, it's going to be this kind of a cloudy, organic finish on these black walls. It's going to be a light blue and metallic. Cool. <laughs> are you doing it? Did they contract us you? Are you like freelance now, kind of? Or are you still doing work with other people? So, I mean, I'm always... Or, God, I think I've been freelance now for like six or seven years nice. on my own. So I kind of work with all these different people. But this is like my own job with a design firm. Awesome. All right. I mean, I want to know so much more about this, but I also want to be kind to all the people listening on our podcast. And um, those people might not be interested in what kind of process you're going to use. But like, okay, I'll ask you later. Oh, top five favorite Bay Area artists right now. Um, on the top of my head, I really like Sergey G- 
Gay Jr.'s work. Yeah. His murals. I think they're awesome. He's great. I've never met him. I hope I'm saying his name properly. Serge. Serge. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like that's it. I don't know. No one pronounces my name right and I never say anything. So <laughs> just go with it. Yeah. Um, uh, I love Kelly Ording's work. Mm-hmm. Good call. Just. How does she do it? I don't fucking know. That's the real those question. Lines, those lines. How? I don't know. I want to. You need to have her on this podcast. Too. Well, I'm hoping I get to. I mean, I've only now gotten to meet her in passing, really, at the hospitality house auction, and then like a couple times she's been at Jets, who is next door to me now in my mm-hmm. art studio. So like, yeah, I mean, usually I win people over through candy, and I feel like she can't be bought in that way. Uh uh-uh. uh So I gotta figure out my another way in. Oh man, she's such a sweetie though. Like, I, don't I mean, think, I, I don't would. Even think I want to nerd out. I, I mean, like the way that she dyes her paper, and then all of it. Like I'm, yeah. yeah. I want to know every single thing. Yeah. It's just, it's all of it. That's what I love about her work. It, you know, I'm, I'm not always the, it, for, for, for me to like some abstract work, I feel like, um, there's something about hers that just hits for me. Or Is it because you don't know work. how she might be able to do it? Is that the part that's like the <laughs> thing? Yeah. I think, well, I don't know. I, I feel like she just has a jam that I appreciate the colorways she mm-hmm. chooses. It's so it's not just a line work, but it's like, yeah, that organic, beautiful backgrounds in the papers and yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's all I of love it. it. Um, who else? Do, I'm God, I'm like blanking. I like okay. so many people. I fangirl out over everyone. I like, yeah. I know. And I, plus we can take our time. We don't have to be in any sort of rush. I know. Um, I think, uh, you, do you know MJ and Josh who do mural work down in like Santa Rosa? Their big mural festival is coming up this week. No. How do you get invited to that? You have to be awesome and it's not me. <laughs> it was really um, funny. I was telling John today at lunch that I was like, all artists, all of us um, are connected and all of us um, have good, awesome, cool stuff having going on. Each and every one of us does. But then there's always like something we're like, how do we get, why do we not get invited? Please see me over here. But it's like, yeah, so like David Polk is painting and he's also our in our studio collective now. Mm-hmm. And John's going to go volunteer. Oh, that's and so I'm fun. like, yeah, of course. It's like all the cool kids are going. Not me. <laughs> I'm like, if I wasn't working, I'd volunteer. Um, so jo- both of their so work, I like, both I of their work is great. Like I, their mural work, I really dig their mural work. Do they paint together? They do a lot. Like you know, it'll be one of their jobs, but then the other will like do a little. Totally, yeah. like yeah, it's real cute. That's a good choice. I don't, I don't, I don't know them well, but I appreciate them from afar. Um, who else? I'm like, ugh, I just blank, but. I love so. Um, do you know Yuri's work showed at Mothbelly? I forget her last name, but she does these. Is it Yuri with a Y U R Y U R? I think it's Y E R R. Y E R R I E maybe, but she does these amazing little like. It's very specific. Her these like red. She uses like I don't know if it's just red and black or. But I bought one of her pieces from Mothville, and I don't know her last name. I'm a jerk. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. Is it this person? Yep. Okay. 
There is Yeri Chu, <laughs> and we both hope we're saying it right. There is, they're amazing at these. Just the way I don't, I don't. When you see them in person, the renderings almost look like screen prints, but they're not. It's there's just I'm such a technical nerd mm-hmm. that when you just look at it up close, you're like, how do they? Like it's just. I don't get it. I like the theme here. You like to you like work that you don't know how it's done, which I love. That's true. It's probably true. <laughs> Are you the kind of person I f- I find that like when I end up asking people about their process, and this is also a vestige of not having been trained in anything, so I don't know how the fuck anything works actually. But like, I'll be like, I'll come up with like. I'm, I'm trying to back work what they've done in my mind, what I think they're doing. And I'm like 20 steps over. They're like, no, it's just this. And I'm like, what? And like, I, you know what I'm saying? I've like done some real complicated shit. And they're like, you're way overworking this. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's totally how my brain works, though. Like, must make it more complicated. I, I love thinking about how I would do something. And I probably mm-hmm. make things... I probably also make things pretty complicated. You do love to do that. I love that about you. Like, uh, let me give you a for instance, friends. So <laughs> Nicole is one of the artists that painted Golden Gate Park, um, the actual literal JFK drive. So we're painting asphalt and we're painting Heshi asphalt. It is not clean. It is not flat. It has <laughs> um, street paint on it, the kind that demarks, um, you know, the lanes and things like that, which is like really unpaint overable and like really hardcore. So I decided I'm an abstract artist, so it's fine anyway. But like I really decided that I was going to really lean into just blending paint and having a lot of fun with paint guns and water guns and, and just having like, you yours looks so fun. I was very jealous <laughs> at your fun process. It was fun. Um, I'm glad I did it that way because, um, Yours looked amazing, but I cannot believe that you chose to do something with tape on the ground. Like, God save you for forever, but what the fuck? (laughs) The second I heard that, I was so alarmed for you. you. I was like, why? Do you know that I I think I might have been one of the only people in the middle of my process, they decided to grind up those street marks, which made it worse. So it was suddenly rougher and looser gravel in those street lines. What part of the stage of the painting were you in when that happened? After I have everything taped and primed. No, absolutely um, no. So I was like, dear Lord, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the taping off, it really I was just trying to figure out what tape would adhere to that jacked mm-hmm. up surface. Did you use a gaffer's tape? No. Well, me, I don't, to be honest, I don't, it's gaffer. Like, I know what gaffer's tape is, but is it That's the tape I would like, have chosen to, and I think would have worked, but I don't know what you use. I know it's like the theatrical, yes. to, but I just bought that whatever tape works, Home That Depot. tape works through hell and high water. I had, I know, I don't even know where to buy that at, but I just like got random Home Depot, like hardcore stuff that was close to being like... I, I forget the name of it, but it was like the heavy duty and it worked awesome and it was hard to get up. <laughs> at Impressive. The it was like, it was like. <laughs> then you were afraid been... at the end. You were like so happy with your success. And I'm then like, at the oh, end, you're like, please, what? no, don't take up the paint too. Because one of the very worst things to happen to an artist is when you tape and then it comes up. I know you, Nicole's face right now is so, <laughs> she and I both know that is the, worst the absolute thing. pain. It's the worst. You like do a beautiful, beautiful like mural or something and you're taking up your tape from the molding. Then a chunk comes. Oh no, you always 
I've learned you always have to, you know, take an exacto blade and just give it a quick go, but that is a horrible, horrible thing to happen on any, or even imagine if it's gold leafed wall or something and it takes up a, a chunk of your gold leaf and you're like, you can't, it can't be touched up. Like you can't. it, you can't touch up gold leaf. Like you can, you'll always see it. <sighs> it's horrifying. So it's like, I get very, when people will try and get, try and get me to do jobs of like, here, gold leaf the ceiling and blah, blah, blah. And I think really hard about those because it stresses me out. A lot. A lot. <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare. I just it's made, like it years, just made me laugh because I just have like I have a project that this um, architect friend of mine just asked me about, and I'm, I'm you and I weren't gonna do it together. So <laughs> I haven't, it's not gonna happen right now. But yeah, I was like, I know someone to help go be on this project with me. Finally, we'll get to do a project together. That would be amazing in a beautiful home, <laughs> and we'll get to be cute. I just digressed. What were we talking about? Oh, the Golden Gate Park mural. Yeah, so she did Lindy Hopper. She did people. And then also a geometric design. It was ridiculous. And it's beautiful. But like, I love you really purchased your own pain on that one, though, sister. I felt like that was hard. I didn't, I didn't purchase nearly as much as you did when you told me how many gallons you had. Oh, yeah. What was it like 26? But my mural was bigger than yours, wasn't it? Probably, probably, probably. I don't. I don't remember how much I purchased, but it didn't seem like insanity. Cause it, you know what I mean? It was like tight, tighter areas kind yeah. of, of stuff, but I feel like I had 29 gallons of paint. <laughs> I think so. I think that's what you told me. Like, oh, and it oh wasn't enough. God. Honestly, I really should have used more. I feel like I could have used more, but I haven't been, have you seen our stuff recently? I, I went back to do that piano not long yeah. ago, right there. Um, so that was probably the last time I That piano visited. looked sick too. I liked it. Thanks. Yeah. That was really also challenging, but really fun. You know, I had to do a whole community aspect to it and that was really fun. But it was like the coldest day in, in San Francisco. So like I'm out there with like my, you know, bundled up freezing when we're trying to get people to engage with. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I mean, there's one aspect of our lives that is so amazing. That is we get to do something that we love for a living and we're not complaining about that, but I do think people don't understand how hard installation work is. The weather is there. People say the craziest shit to you can fucking imagine. There's no bathrooms. There's no place to get food. There's no, I mean, and stuff gets stolen. So it's just kind of like, there's a lot to contend with when you're out in public yeah. doing things. There's a lot I, to do. I was uh, thinking about recently I was touching up panels I did at the Chieftain on yes. Howard and Fifth, and I had to use a restroom. But before that even, I realized I kind of parked in a driveway that seemed like no one would ever have to open this gate. It was like an empty lot. And a few hours later, I kind of just look over randomly, and there's a woman on her phone <gasps> with the gate open and I'm parked there and I literally saw two cute nerdling guys and I was like can you just watch my stuff for like five seconds and they're like sure and I ran over I was like I'm so sorry I took my car like parked in you know sketchy sixth street ran back and I was like thank you so much you know because I was like this is all part of it yeah the car game just like there's areas of the city that are brutal, you know, that you cannot park. I also didn't know how long touch-ups would take on that. Project. My favorite part is parking is is painting for like 
a facet of the city or the actual city itself and they won't give you a parking pass. That's my favorite part. In <laughs> where, case anyone from the city you, is where watching. Where did you park when you were working at Powell? Just in the lot? Okay, so this is what happened, full disclosure. Um, so when I paint in areas that I know is going to be a parking technicality where I know well, like that neighborhood, um, I'm very aware that there's barely any parking and everything parking there is usually a loading zone because those are all businesses that take deliveries. Mm-hmm. And there's also taxi. It's also a taxi zone because it's right across from the Westin and all this stuff. So like I know very well that there's only a few available spots. And even if I could get those spots, it's two hour parking only. So when you're loading out that much equipment like I needed for these electrical boxes, which was 27 hand mixed colors of paint, uh-huh, <laughs> amongst other things. You like those high 20s. <laughs> I really do. A col- maximum wattage on the color. And... So I make myself a sign for each job and it says whatever it needs to say. And this one said, hi, with an exclamation point. Uh, I'm painting the Union Square electrical boxes all this week. My number is this. It's for the SFMTA. Please call me to move. So I ended up parking... On the first day I parked behind, um, the Apple store was having construction done. So like they had a bunch of large equipment and I, and it was a day that they weren't going to be, it was a Saturday or something that I started. So I parked behind one of their cherry pickers and it was going to be okay. But then after that was the starting of the week and the cops all park along, um, one side of, you. they now have like a camper there, like a permanent cop unit, um, (laughs) And they gave me a pretty hard time the first day. And then after they decided that I was going to be not a problem, they then did a total 180 and let me park on their row oh. and went out of the way to tell me they weren't going to tow me. So that was cool. I mean, that was always that was a constant very, fear. Very... Yeah. And uh, so I never how got... They, how did they give you a hard day the first day? Oh, they are just like... Um, you know, I was painting the color of the boxes different, um, than green. I was painting it this terracotta color. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I'm just walking up and I'm just rolling on paint. I have a Home Depot bucket with me and I look like I look like, you know, they think I'm not, I mean, of course, like, why wouldn't they? I don't look like I'm supposed to be doing that. And I was like, it's for the, I have been commissioned by the city and it's for the SFMTA. And they're like, you don't have one of their vests on. And I was like, that is right. Because I don't actually work for the SFMTA, but they have asked me to come here and do that. So like, I just pulled up my emails or whatever. And it's kind of just like, after they saw that I came back and was a stat, like doing other things, it was like, whatever. I mean, I'm painting flowers. It's like no, really no graffiti artist is going to take a bunch of time to come po- post up well, with their not rolly cart you. of their stuff. <laughs> and then in the, like, in hold, the morning time, yeah, in the morning time and then be there for 11 hours with taking photos with a bunch and of tourists and l- just letting let, like, let's be honest, any graffiti person is not going to be like doing that. And the cops aren't doing anything all over the city right now anyway. Well, like, there was like a, a bunch of them out too because it was Dreamforce. Oh. So there was like a lot of cops. Anyway, um, they were down with me parking for over a week and a half in their area. So you know what I say to that? Thank you. <laughs> That's what I have to say to that. That's awesome. I know. I'm sure there'll be people out there that were mad that I didn't double middle finger them every day. But you know what? It was so worth the peace of mind knowing <laughs> that, that my car, car was going to be, gonna be towed. towed. Yeah. Like, girl, don't have $600 hanging that's, out for the fucking that's tow. That's actually fees. amazing. Yeah. So that was cool. And I haven't painted publicly in, since the Golden Gate Park thing. And um, I've just been doing so much less of it because of how things are going in the city. And 
how much it sucks to do that so much right now. So I was so happy. I was happy every day. It was the best week I've had in 2023. I was sad I didn't visit you because I was busy working on some silly mural work. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're working. It's been kind of a savage year. My August was brutal. Yeah. It's been really hit or miss. I'm trying not to worry about next year preemptively because we're not supposed to do that. Don't do that. Okay. But we're happy right now. You're going to be fine. I'm going to be great. Yeah. <gasps> happy dance. Happy <laughs> dance. Um, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having <gasps> me. You know what? <gasps> you better. Okay. Listen to me, people. In the last episode, Guy and I were talking. Also, I'm sorry that I did such a crap job of editing, but my one of my things stopped working in the middle, and I forgot to tell you all that I had to do a weird edit because <laughs> I'm an idiot. But um, so Guy was telling me that he thinks that the ask it basket is too much. It's like too broad that I just ask you all to put any topic or questions in. So I'm going to try to do a better job in my stories to ask have you put in more focused things? However, that's going to work out. I don't know, but he's a, uh, he ventured that people are not responding to me because it's just too broad and it's like too confusing. And I don't know. I think y'all are really an intelligent bunch and you can throw out any question you want to. It doesn't have to do like literally whatever. Like, here's what I'm going to ask Nicole right now. You're from the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest. What's your favorite Midwest thing to eat? One of those awesome hot dogs, probably. And I was going to say the same from Chicago. Any street side vendor of hot dogs in Chicago. Like Wiener Schnitzel. Yes. Like where that Wiener Circle place has really, that's fun. <laughs> I get behind it. All right. Pick one of these. See what they have to say. The people. So that was my entreaty to you all to please participate in the Ask It Basket, which I think is fun. But you guys think it's stupid question for you okay then put it back you sure you don't want it let me see what it says <laughs> discuss how every experience sucks because you're sober but it's actually better i can't describe sobriety better than that um i struggle to um, explain how addiction is to people. I think it's, it can be very confusing because people see people on the street and homeless. I was unhoused. I was living a pretty bad life. And then they can wonder how we would do that for so long. And the um, there's more than one reason, but the reason is, is that is how we prefer to be. Not engaged with the world and out of our body, not having this world experience. So do I love my life much more now that I'm sober? Yes. Is there a part of me that misses getting fucked up? 100%. And so this thing where it says, discuss how every experience sucks because you're sober, but is actually better. There's a lot of stuff in life that it seems like initially would be better if I had a drink or even just a cigarette. Um, I watch television shows like um, Daisy Jones and the Six or whatever. That was just about Fleetwood Mac. Really and I good. was like... I miss cocaine so fucking much. Oh my God, I am so sad I didn't get to do cocaine at this time when it was actually cocaine and not just fentanyl or whatever. Like I was like totally glamorizing it in my mind. But um, the reality is, is that everything is temporary and so is that wanting to run and nothing is actually that uncomfortable. But everything that I experience in this world um, 
it took me a while to get used to. And for sure, when I go to concerts and things like that, places where everyone is already at a certain point for the most part, it is a little uncomfortable because I can never meet them there. And so there's a part of me that now feels that there's a, like, I'm just, I just get tired and there's nothing I can do about it. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing I can take to really change that. A Red Bull isn't going to fix that. You know, it's just like there, I cannot change the state of my being. This is how it is. And so I'm just someone who now likes to go to bed at a certain time. And like when I'm out in social situations, like when everyone has three drinks is when I go home, that's the rule because I and I can tell too, when the whole room's at about three, it's very clear to me. People start getting handsy. They start telling you a story twice. It's like a whole look on their face. Yeah. And I'm just like, this has been great. So in some way, some things suck, but um, I'm so much happier that I am sober now. Thank you for that question. Whoever sent that. All right. Now a question for you. I'm like that. And I am not a sober human when you know, being around crowds. You just have your cutoff point? I do. I get kind of, and I don't drink a lot. So when other people are, are a certain way, I get uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's so funny now, but I like, I've become such a fuddy-duddy, but I actually cannot be around drugs anymore. Weed doesn't count because I always hated it. It never worked for me, so it never was a thing. It literally, I tried to make it work for a decade, and it never worked for me. It does the exact opposite that it does for everyone else. I did. Such an unpleasant and terrible experience. I have only stories of horror with weed smoking and eating. It's so all bad. I, I'm super sensitive to THC, and the other night after Molotovs, um, there was two neighborhood friends who were at the bar just randomly. And they were leaving, so I was going to walk home with them. And so I'm walking with them, and they're hammered. Um, <laughs> Molotovs will do that to a person. <laughs> I know. I was like, I, I literally had one Budweiser <laughs> there. You are so classy. I don't even know. It was like the only thing I could think of. I was like, I'll have a Budweiser. Like, I'm, I'm super weird. I don't. I like, I like, I wish you would have asked what their Merlot was or something. <laughs> I wish I could have been beside you when you were like, what white wine do you have? No, no. Um, I know that much. <laughs> no, to... but that's what I want. I just want to look at that bartender's face. <laughs> so then I'm, I'm walking out and the, the guy was like, Hey, do you want an edible? They're like super mellow. And I'm like, Okay, like why not? And it was like one THC to one THCV or something. I've never even heard of it, and it's supposed to be like some what kind of mean? I don't know something like that. So I took one. <laughs> I took one. I so I then get home and I literally I got home not even too late. It was like maybe nine forty-five or something. I couldn't stop laughing for three hours by myself in my living room. I was looking at my plant. I was looking at my like, I have a weird cactus plant. I don't know what it is. And it's suddenly I've never seen it before. And it was growing really weird. And I was literally, I was on Instagram messaging KT about how I can't stop laughing right now and I can't go to bed because Joe, <laughs> Joe is sleeping and I don't want to laugh in his face and wake him up. So I sat there like crying, laughing for three hours. 
I need to find out what that was, by the way. Do you, because want, that, do you want that to happen again? A little bit. Like, every now and then. Uh-huh. If I really just need to laugh. Like, I was crying, laughing. I was sending people, like, hilarious memes on Instagram. Or, like, I thought it was hilarious. That's how I felt when I did Molly for the first time. I also did not believe that I could walk for, like, three hours. I remember the bar I did it in. It was a place called K's China, which was the most roughshod college bar possible. The person (laughs) who gave me the Molly, I did it, like, mixed in with some Red Bull. And he has a legendary like capacity for drugs so he definitely gave me too much and i just sat on the couch by myself in this bar with like the strobe lights going and everyone would come check on me every 15 minutes i had this huge shit eating grin on my face and i was like loving life but they're like let's get up and i was like can't no legs can't Can't do it this is great that's how i am on on weed like i i'm i'm a horrible drug taker horrible i like I, I only did it. uppers really or like I didn't I did drugs I knew that I could control like I'd never never done hallucinogens because I didn't want to take a risk of what kind of trip might happen I was like unwilling to go there I've been this way like yeah I've, big control freak yeah. big control me freak. I think I think I kind of am too I'm, I'm scared to like lose myself but secretly always like wanted to you know right. what I mean um but I like I took mushrooms once in college and it was not a good experience with a good human and then see that scares me that can really ruin a person i'm, I'm not saying it ruined oh, you no, but i know I, people who have bad trips it really fucked them up no it was like yeah the guy i was like with was just like oh, i was okay. like i was like throwing up in his toilet and he's like i'm gonna go chase fun and left me there <sighs> so that was like my first and last time <laughs> taking mushrooms um when did you meet joe um I think right around 2010, maybe 2009, 2010. How long before he proposed to you? Well, we we met on a job site, and he was he does wall upholstery, and so he was hanging fabric above me in this like theater. Yeah, and I was spray painting this like Moroccan style pattern on the wainscoting down below, and I was like, this guy's kind of cute. I'm going to try and ask him out. So I invited him. He's a knuckle, he's a knucklehead and had no idea I was hitting on him. Right. Um, I, I was going to Bender's the next night for a friend's birthday party. Oh, good old Bender's. <laughs> I know about it. <laughs> and um, that was definitely one of our, our little spots for a while. Um, and so I was like, hey, my friend's having a birthday party. I'm going to be at Bender's tomorrow night if you want to go. And... I, I didn't see him again. And then this was the very, the very end of my space. And I checked it like once every three months. Okay. And I checked my MySpace and I had a message from some random being like, hey, like, blah, blah. And I figured out it was Joe. And Joe had gone the like, I invited him out like a Friday night. He ended up going Saturday as if I lived at Bender's and I'm going to be there every night of the weekend or something. That's boy math. That's what okay. we started this yeah. podcast with. You have to understand boy math. Yeah. So yeah, we we became <laughs> we be essentially became friends, and we'd get like a beer at Zeitgeist like every now and then. So we were friends for a while. Got it. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I think he he when we finally started dating, um, he probably moved in maybe to my place maybe a year or so after dating, and then I think he he asked me to marry him like pretty quickly (laughs) maybe like two and a half three years 
if that maybe less is that quick i guess i felt it was maybe it it might have been less than that where did it happen so it it was our anniversary i know (laughs) i'm like going down this whole thing but also like i'm obsessed with watching love is blind i haven't watched that as of yet i watch all those shows now everyone you all know about me i'm here telling all my (laughs) secrets you guys better tell me some secrets okay um yeah i really like hearing these stories so at this point we're living together we're going out to celebrate our anniversary and he was acting real weird Mm. like super weird so nervous um so he smokes a lot of pot Mm -hmm. but he's not someone who you even tell it like it's like it doesn't phase him i think it's just that it's like in his blood at this point right and but he was smoking a lot and being like definitely a weirdo Mm -hmm. and we're going to absinthe for dinner and so after like i just remember at dinner being like why are you being so weird like (laughs) what is going on with you and so we're walking home Mm -hmm. and you know there's a little patricia green park in hayes valley where there's public art sculpture and it's there's all these benches so (laughs) Well, there's just like, keep on. He like keeps on wanting me to like walk. (laughs) He's just like, instead of just like being normal and like kind of cutting through walking home, he's like, oh, let's let's go this way or like. And there's like a homeless guy on one bench, and we're like, he kept on looking for an empty bench. He's like, let's sit down, and I'm like, (laughs) and so he like sits me down on this bench, and then totally proposed to me, and I was like, (laughs) in shock and being. I was then it was my turn I was being a weirdo I like this it was it was pretty cute I like that happened in your neighborhood I like that he envisioned it a certain way and it wasn't (laughs) going to be possible to do it another way also boy math (laughs) (laughs) or just like yeah I mean like you know the vision like it's only going to be perfect he told me later it was like this specific bench that we used to sit on drinking coffee in the morning looking at dogs you know and but there was somebody housing there right right then and it was but it was like it all made sense why he's being such a weirdo at dinner it wouldn't be san francisco if there wasn't someone unhoused on the bench for you it's it's actually all perfect all together yeah all right what does your question say well i wish i could answer this question but it's my favorite memory of you best and worst but you're a new friend it's true throw it away let's get a new one I'm just not doing good here. You're doing great. There's a couple in there for me, and this is the first time we've ever come across one. So finally, I've gotten to answer one from the Ask It Basket. Okay. What is one thing you think your friends are scared to tell you to your face, but you know is true, but if you heard it, it would greatly improve your life? (laughs) Jesus. I love that this happened a while ago. I cannot remember who. That's intense. Who I'm like, ask that. Name yourself. Like, Write me on Jesus. the Instas. I mean, I love it. That's, that requires a deep level of introspection. I imagine it would be something. I imagine my friends would be like, so I, I just, I'm very hard on myself. Um, they'd probably be like, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Um God, my, my brain is going totally blank well, It's like right they now. probably would want you to speak to yourself like you would speak to others. You probably don't 100%. talk to people 
like 100%. you talk to yourself. I have a horrible, horrible inner voice yeah. on the daily. The so it's like, it's, it's pretty bad. So I think they'd be like, be confident, you know, like be confident in yourself and your skills and what you're doing and who you are, you know? I love that. You had an answer right away. And every time I see you, I'm going to be like, be confident. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I can punch you right in the shoulder. <laughs> it's a trait you. Be confident. You get to keep that. Thank you. For your scrapbook that you learned how to make an art college because you went to a crafts college. But what's weird is since then, I don't keep anything. I'm horrible. You don't keep things? I don't keep journals. Oh, I have, me neither. I have trouble with that. I don't keep much of anything, but that comes from a life of having to move quite a bit. And I never really have gotten settled into like, if I hoard anything, it's things I find on the street that I use in my art studio, which is my, one of my, some people I think, think that's a good thing. And some people think it's a bad thing, but I will stop on corners and be like, this is going to be great. I'm going to be great. I need this. There's nothing wrong with that. And most of the stuff in my art studio I got for free. I'm mostly cut off at bringing anything else into my house right now. I understand how that happens. <laughs> this has also been... So I used to live off 5th and Tahama. Mm -hmm. And the partner I was living with at that time would get really pissed. And I'd be like, okay, here's the deal. Let's You come out and look at it with me. And then I've already checked to see if there's bugs or anything. Like, And he's like, we're, we're done with this shit. And I'm like... But, but look at it. And I got like, I know. Yeah. So he was overly over. Often, I would be like, wheeling, like, wheeling. It... Oh, yeah. Sneak <laughs> it in later. And then it would be there for a while. Then he'd be like, what the, you know, like, I mean, like I got file cabinets, you name it. I got some crazy shit off of that street. Like also people are breaking into cars and leaving things. So unfortunately I got some stolen goods, but. Hey, you didn't do the break-in. Right. <laughs> we've talked for an hour and 53 minutes. You kick Holy... ass. Shut. I want to keep you here longer, but I'm not going to. <laughs> you were working lady, and thank you for making the time to be with me. Thank you so much for having me. We love you, Nicole Hayden. Aww. Okay. <laughs>